0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a ninja. I'm Kit Garrison. I am Chuppy. And
1: I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About, About movies. Da, 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 da! You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah! The whole world got crazy! Seriously? It's showtime. That's
0: one. Matt about movies is your go-to show for all things cinema. Every week we talk movie news, movie rumors, movie rumblings and break down a chosen movie of the week. Don't worry if you haven't seen it because we will give you ample warning before heading into spoilers And remember to stay tuned till the end for weekly recommends in which we suggest something awesome that you need to check out as soon as possible and remember you can find all of our episodes on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. This week's movie of the week is what? Brian.
2: This week we're talking about Neil Blomkamp's short circuit spin off, Chappie. The deployment of the planet's first robotic police units became the focus of the world in 2016.
1: Drop your weapons, you're under arrest.
2: Vincent Moore is a former soldier. The problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable. The scout's creator, Dion Wilson, sees a rich future. What interests me is a machine that can think and feel.
0: Ah yes. Chappie. The second best movie starring Dev Patel that came out last weekend.
1: <laughs> it is say what you want, it is the best Iant Word film. <laughs> I think that's fair. So enough. far.
0: I mean, so far,
1: yeah. So, so far, I mean, this is going
0: to spawn multiple uh, spinoffs just, for just Diane Word.
1: Um, just a likable screen presence.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually legitimately excited about talking Diane Word for more than 20 minutes. There's, there's not a podcast on, on Earth that, besides the Ant cast,
1: which I'm a subscriber <laughs> to, that's going to yeah. talk 20 We're minutes of Diane Word this we week. We got fired. Yeah. From Diane orcaster being a little too into it.
0: <laughs> I'm a ninja. Uh, but I am uh, – this is going to be fun, guys. There is, there's plenty to talk about with Chappie, good and bad, uh, mainly bad. <laughs> Actually, all bad. Uh, but there's plenty I to was ta- going to
2: ask, what's the good we're going to talk about? That's, that that's it, was, it
0: was a movie. I can say that. <laughs> I can confirm here tonight that Chappie was, in fact, a movie. There's a lot of uh, great weekly recommends to get to at the end of the show and, of course, movie news. But first, I want to make a public service announcement. We've had some listeners express some, um, uh, not necessarily frustration, but constructive criticism, uh, I should say. Uh, not for our opinions, because those are you know normally
1: flawless. Get ready to get roasted, listeners. Here we come.
0: But uh, for the format of the show, and I just want to clarify the format for any new listeners, people who are just now joining us in the past couple months, which is trust me, a vast majority of you and I just want to clarify the format of what we do here. We've had some listeners suggest a some kind of warning, audio warning to alert them of spoilers uh, for the purpose of fast forwarding through uh, maybe our review. You want to hear weekly recommends at the end but you don't want to get spoiled. Let me just say, the, the average normal day on the Mad About Movies podcast is uh, first 20 minutes of the show, uh, hilarious banter slash movie news. Uh, and that usually wraps up about 20 to 30 minutes into the show. The second 30 minutes is usually our movie review section. And the last 10 minutes of the episode is usually always weekly recommends. Uh, so if the if the episode's an hour and 15, you can bet that the last um, 15 of that hour is movie news. So if you want to hear movie news at the end, your best chance is to just fast forward to uh, about ten minutes to go, and listen for the movie news theme, and you'll you'll hit that. Uh, when we hit spoilers, we really don't uh, spoil much. I can't really say that we spoil much unless uh, the movie deserves to be spoiled, in which case we will. But um, you know, I, I still we're spoil I, a lot of even track. when even when we okay yeah for sure. But even when we're in spoilers, I still try to keep my thoughts non-spoilery. If that does if that even makes sense at all, um, but. I just wanted to sort of clarify that that was the format of the show. Uh, if you want to get straight to the review, just fast forward about 25 or 30 minutes in. If you want to get straight to Weekly Recommends, uh, go uh, till about 15 minutes left in the show, and the review is usually crammed in between there. But once again, I will enforce this, and I've said this before, and I want to say to new listeners, I will always suggest seeing the film before listening to the podcast. Uh, I no. think it, it makes for a, a way better listening experience. If you've seen the film, you can pick up on little uh, one-liner inside jokes that we throw around that are about very specific things, moments in these films, that uh, you know, it really will uh, make for a better listening experience. Uh, my ultimate vision for the show was for this show to be something that you could put on in your car on the way home from the theater after seeing the movie. So uh, I... St- sort of have tried to stick to that format um you know of course we have other segments in the show weekly recommends uh fan shout outs and things like that but that's the normal on a normal week that's the format of the show i wanted to just clarify that for the listeners but uh you know we'll do try and do a better job of of warning into spoilers or going into spoilers and we had somebody suggest that we should put spoilers at the end of the episode uh but i don't really um i didn't really want to break up the conversation about the movie with weak recommends if that makes sense I, I like the conversation to keep going naturally as it goes uh that's why spoilers usually stay in the movie in the movie review section of the show so hope that clarifies some things for some confused minds out there and uh once again thanks for the that's thanks for the um the constructive criticism uh, yeah. we always welcome that any any idea you have to make the show better I'm, I'm for that, but not to say we won't ever put some kind of audio warning to, to alert the spoilers. I'll, I can put some sort of alarm sound or something like that. If that makes it any better for uh, the listener, then uh, that's what we'll end up doing. But so that's that. Uh, you guys have any personal announcements?
1: Okay. So here's a few of our, uh, our bigger donated, uh, bigger donations this week. So Liz Sacconi or Saccone, big shout from, I think down under in Australia. Yeah. Uh, So, with a $10 donation. So, thank you. Good day,
2: mate.
1: Yeah, nice. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, And then, Callan Winters with a $25 donation. So, thank you, Callan. That's very nice of you. And then, we have some two big, big donations. So, uh, first off, is a $50 donation from Adrian Sims. $50.
2: So, Adrian,
1: thank you so much. And we didn't mention this last week, but. Adrian gets a weekly recommend on the podcast for donating $50. So, uh he's uh, I'm going to have those uh have their weekly recommend next week on next week's show. Sweet. Uh so be listening for their recommend. And then uh our biggest donation of the of the, of the weekend so far is a $100 from from Aaron Matson. Straight wow. cash, me 100 bucks. Uh, 100 there you go. Bucks. And so, Aaron is going to come on with us during the Age of Ultron podcast and uh, do a show with us. So, once again, $50 gets you a weekly recommend. $100 gets you a cameo on the show reviewing a movie. And once again, the big prize $250 gets you a cameo. You're on the show reviewing a movie and an autographed Mad About Movies game used microphone. Yeah. Signed, signed by you, us, by, by the signed way. Signed by us,
2: autographed. So, uh, with
1: our spittle. We're just throwing on stuff it. out there.
2: Every our dried, kind of donation, our dried we'll get, spittle yeah you could maybe clone one of us
1: spittle and coffee stains and all kinds yes. of stuff yeah. yes. great but, well that's uh, that's huge yeah, any other donation will get you a shout out on the show
0: So that's absolutely mind blowing and thanks again for keeping the show going uh, once again the show will always be free but it does cost money to put the show on so uh, if you'd like to donate head on over to our website and uh, click the donate button in the, on the homepage and uh, have at it and thanks again you ready to go to this chappy talk? You're fired psyched? up, fired got up. Got to see,
1: got to see you on Sunday in the flesh. Yeah, we
0: we should say. And uh, those for those of you who follow us on Twitter already know this, but this was the first time Richard and I had watched MacGruber together, mm. and it was it was lovely.
2: I'm super was jealous lovely. that I missed out on this, guys. Super bummed. It, it was fun. Whenever they do a behind the music on this podcast, that may be the rift that tore us apart in the future. <laughs>
0: Well, we we did agree after it uh, after the the screening concluded that we need to we need to do a commentary. Uh, but that's an definitely. inevitable uh, thing at this point. That that has to happen. The question is, should we do a commentary on MacGruber first or now you see me? That's that's the real debate.
1: I think it's now you see me. Yeah, yeah. So they problem. go hand in hand.
0: <laughs> okay, guys. Let's uh, move on and let's hit some of this movie news. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Well, we are recording this this episode on a Monday, and a big announcement happened today on the technology world, but also affects our movie viewing as well. And, I only
1: uh, watch movies on my Apple Watch now. That's what you're talking
0: about. Exactly. <laughs> it's just more intimate. It's just a pleasant it. experience. I mean... <laughs> yeah.
1: Useful, practical, and I enjoy it.
0: We, uh, we we've been waiting for this announcement for a long time. Apple uh, had their spring keynote today, and they announced the uh, official release date, pricing of the Apple Watch. They also released a new MacBook. But uh, the the keynote actually started off with them touching on Apple TV and talking about uh, what the future of that uh, entails. And part of that is that they have They announced that Apple is the exclusive partner for HBO's standalone streaming service, HBO Now. and what this is is basically you get HBO for fifteen dollars a month. You don't have to have cable, you don't have to have a HBO package on your cable. Uh, you could technically have cable and then pay fifteen dollars a month for the HBO Now package and only watch that content on uh, your Apple TV. But again, it's the uh, exclusive device. Uh, of HBO Now, the Apple TV is. And um, so I guess for the first couple months at least, maybe a year, uh, you'll only be able to see HBO Now on the Apple TV. But this is a big step. I mean, this is really sort of the first standalone service from a network. I mean, all the other networks really require uh, authentication through a cable provider. And, you know, that really varies by channel. I mean, I have a Verizon cable subscription, but uh, I only get access to, like, History Channel and Fox, but I don't get access to like History 2 or FX Now with the same cable provider. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they're, own, because they're all owned by the same company. So that really frustrates me as somebody who wants the uh, Simpsons World app in my yeah. life as soon as possible. But I mean, this is a big deal. This is really the first step in uh, companies like maybe Comcast, NBC Universal, eventually doing an NBC standalone app where you can pay, you know, your five bucks a month. I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be the $15 a month price that the HBO thing is, uh, because it's not really premium content. It's more broadcast content that you could literally watch for free if you have a an, an um, over the air antenna. But I just want to get y'all's thoughts on how this maybe affects your uh, m- movie viewing experiences from here on out. Uh, I often go on HBO and watch a lot of uh, old films, films I didn't get to catch in the theaters, uh, films I didn't want to see in the theaters, but uh, being able to have them on demand on HBO is a really, really great thing, not to mention their original programming is, is the best out there. So how do you guys feel about this? Brian,
2: would you buy HBO now? I have HBO Go right now, and so that's that kind of fills the void at this point. Uh, here's my my deal with all of this stuff is eventually I will have all of this. But to me right now, there's too much – kind of like what you said, Kent. of I can get this on this – Particular platform or service or whatever, I can get this on this platform or service, but I can't get this. And there's two, it's too uh, differentiated, I guess, at this point for me. Sports will always be the thing that keeps me from cutting the cord altogether. We've talked about that before, but as long as I cannot watch my local sports through whatever and, and have it look good, because a lot of the streaming sports doesn't look good still. Um, until we get to that point where I can watch Mavs games or the three Ranger games that I'll watch this season because of how awful they're going to be. But until I get to that point, I can't cut the cord. So all the, the extra stuff, Apple TV and Hulu and blah, 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 whatever service or product you want to name is adding money to my bill. It's not, it's not saving me anything. And so there will be, I'm assuming there will be a point in the not too distant future where, I will be able to get everything that I want on Apple TV, or everything that I want on whatever Hulu or whatever other service you want, or uh, can stream it all to Chromecast and things like that. At that point, uh, all of this becomes more more viable to me. For right now, it remains. Uh, I've got to decide, you know, which of these things I can avoid, I can afford to pay for each month.
0: Well, yeah, which things are worth. Paying
2: yeah. for each month
0: mm-hmm. uh content wise. Richard, you actually purchased an Apple TV this afternoon after Apple slashed the price of the Apple TV from ninety nine dollars to sixty nine dollars. Great starting point for anyone who doesn't have an Apple TV. Uh you know, now's as good a time as ever to buy one uh with this HBO package starting uh here come next month. So
1: Richard, what are your thoughts? I I'm assuming excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. I've been circling Apple TV for like a year, and then I always talk myself into buying something else instead and then come back to it. So then when I saw the price was, was cut 30%, I was like, eh, what better time than now? So yeah. got that, and uh, and uh, we'll have that set up. I'm an Apple user on my PC anyway, so it'll be good to have the uh, AirPlay and all that good stuff. Right. But uh, fired up for the HBO deal. I will, I will be getting HBO now because I don't get HBO with my current cable because it's so... They just gouge you on it. So, um, but uh, I'm all excited for the uh, for all the all the good stuff.
0: Yeah, a- Apple's really sort of good at paving the way for the future. They really think that delivery for content is going to be over the air. That's uh, really where it's going to go, not through a cable. It's going to be through yeah. the internet, and they and they think that. And you know, even now we're seeing. Movies release before they're in theaters uh, more often than ever. And the day and date strategy, meaning uh, the same day it's released in theaters, it's released on demand, that strategy is becoming more and more profitable for studios to do. Uh, It's becoming harder and harder for studios to get people out to a theater. And a lot of people would see these movies if they could pay the same price and stay at their own house. you know. And that Mm -hmm. that really is um, evident here with people – you know, say you get a new apartment and uh you don't have cable but you get a internet package for thirty bucks a month, uh as opposed to a, a cable slash internet package which will run you seventy five dollars a month. Uh say so you could get just internet uh with HBO Now for fifteen dollars, Netflix for seven, another seven for Hulu, and uh a YouTube app built into your Apple TV and that's a a crap, crap ton of content. And, uh, a lot of the hesitation for some people will be, they won't be able to watch series as nearly, nearly closely as they would have wanted to. They're not going to have the DVR service that they are accustomed to. Uh, you know, a lot of people schedule their lives around live broadcasting, but I think Hulu really solves that problem for most people. Doesn't it? Because, you know, most programs are available on Hulu, you know, the day after or day of, uh, their broadcast. So, um, you know, you don't have to wait for something, say, six months to show up on Netflix or something with the Hulu package. So that could be big. And, you know, Hulu also has the Criterion Collection, uh, all the Criterion Collection films built into its service. So for us people, uh, movie snobs, that's a great package for people, too. So just a a cool little announcement today. And, you know, it's going to affect the way we uh, consume movies for the next couple of years, I'm sure. On demand is just going to be become more and more popular as we move forward here. And, uh, you know, I'm still a blu-ray t- person. If I could have a hard disc of something full quality, non compressed yeah. through the internet, uh, I prefer that a hundred percent. Uh, but if it saves you, you know, 30 bucks a month to do the other option, you know, go for it and let me know how it goes. Cause, uh, I might end up there someday, but I agree with you, Brian sports is, is definitely
2: holding me back. Yeah. That's, that's We, we got to get sports figured out and we've got to get, honestly, what, what needs to happen is some of these, some of these services need to go out of business. Like they need to be consolidated into to, to two things or three things instead of 50 things. Yeah, it's, it's always it's annoying when it's like, well, it's on, it's not available on Netflix, but it is on Amazon prime. Right. Yeah. It's only yeah. on Hulu plus or things like that. And it just gets to a point where, and the delay you're that, that also is a killer too. It's hard to have event tv which is something that doesn't happen too much at this point anymore anyway but but it is hard for like things like the parks and recreation finale if i did not have uh live tv i you know i I actually watched that live or very close to live which i guess i don't do just a whole lot but i would have been very bummed to have to wait until the next day with hulu plus to to watch that and engage with Friends and Twitter users and stuff like that. Um, so at some point, all this will get kind of consolidated together. We'll get sports figured out, and I'll I'll happily cut the cord. It's just up to that point. Yeah. I just, it's basically just adding money to my bill each month. Yeah, uh, and not it's the
0: local blackouts is what kills sports. Totally, that's totally. just the most antiquated rule of all time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they literally enacted the rule back in the '60s so that people would come to the games and not watch right. them on TV. Well. You know, most ninety nine percent of stadiums, unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, have no problem selling out an NFL game. You know, right. uh, so you can cut the cut. But the, also, uh, black it's
1: kind of non logical because you can watch it locally. Yeah,
0: yeah, you can I don't watch know. it locally, but on only on certain devices. Yeah, like only through a certain service, the official service. That's so you see the ads that the uh, you know the local sponsors uh, throw on there. So it's frustrating, but. Uh, we uh, with, with Apple's announcement today, we're getting closer and closer to the totally. ideal streaming experience. So Absolutely. I want to hit on a few more things here, guys, before we talk Chappie. Uh, believe it or not, this next little bit of movie news is not a joke. I repeat, this is serious. Uh, we know Ghostbusters is being rebooted, but little did we know that Sony is spinning off Ghostbusters into the – are you ready for this? Ghostbusters. Cinematic Universe.
2: (laughs) That old GCU.
0: (laughs) And uh, to kick this off, this is also serious. Director Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd, of all people, are the managing studio advisors to Ghostbusters. It's great. uh, Because no one's more in touch with current comedy than Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) And uh, they have named...
1: No, but when he did that... uh you know, Blender Bassmaster sketch on SNL 40 word for word as the original. That was, well, young people love that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He literally did the same one, you know, like with Celebrity Jeopardy on the uh, SNL 40, at least they wrote a new sketch. Yeah. Uh, They just literally did the same sketch from the original, which was uh, reeked of desperation in my opinion. But not to say Dan Arquois didn't have his day at one point in time, because he was relevant for a certain, but it's been a good uh, twenty-five or thirty years before.
2: Uh, <laughs> what was the mothers uh, two thousand?
1: Yeah, the Conehead movie I think was the. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah.
0: Conehead was the end. That's for sure. Mm. Obviously, you didn't see. Uh, oh God! Oh, that's Tom Arnold. I was going to say the Stupids, <laughs> but uh, I get Tom Arnold and Danny Arkwood confused a lot, that's and that's, that's really fair. weird. I know, yeah. but they have named actually named their advisor group. This is serious too. Ghost Core. Come on, guys. gosh. So Ghost Core consisting of Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman, um, now overseeing a Ghostbuster cinematic universe. And this is confusing because when Ghostbusters 2 came out, wasn't it just everybody's opinion in America like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. We're done. And that was with like everybody returning, original cast and everything, like no, we're done here. This is the first one was great. We admit that this, no, this needs to stop. And it did. And, um, so Brian, please react.
2: You know, look, I can, I do love (laughs) Ghostbusters and I, I actually like Ghostbusters too. I, 100% a hundred percent agree. Like everyone else in the world, it's not even kind of close to the same quality as Ghostbusters. But I, but I enjoy Ghostbusters too, and I liked the cartoon when I was a kid, and all that stuff. Like I, I, in some ways, I don't have a problem with expanding upon that. I'm gonna have a real hard time calling it a universe because it does not. It's not something that needs to have its own cinematic universe. But if that's what they're gonna call it, then fine. I I have a hard time with saying we're going to now create an entire series of tent poles out of this movie that came out 30 years ago, and we're just gonna we're just gonna pretend we're just gonna commit
0: to it without even one coming out. Yes, yeah, That's, that's that's what's shocking.
2: Yeah. So that seems very, very odd. I don't know, guys. That there's a part of me that thinks the that some sort of a Ghostbuster spinoff is not the worst idea in the world. It's not something that makes me want to die uh, <laughs> just immediately. But I, I can't see a way in which these are gonna be good. And and a big part of that is just what you said there. You can't you can't put Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman in charge of this thing because they're not, they don't know any. The last movie we saw from Ivan Reitman was draft day. Like, yeah. I, we, these two guys are <laughs> so far Which out of great. touch. I know. Like, <laughs> uh, so out of touch with uh, with current culture. I just can't see how this could be, could be good the, now. I,
1: under the guidance ahead. of Sony, like you're right in a vacuum, Brian, but yeah, a yeah, yeah, studio yeah, totally. like Sony that really knows what, oh, wait, they're terrible? Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Believe it or not, the studio behind Chappie, they, they, the studio behind the film tonight, isn't that a coincidence?
1: Summit or Sony, pick yours. Oh jeez.
0: Oh, Summit did do Draft Day, and now you see me and Twilight.
2: Um, but on the other hand, Summit gave us Now You See Me, so they did. Uh, right, right now, some, right now,
0: Sony's in, Sony's in worse shape than any studio in oh, Hollywood yeah. right now. Yeah. uh they're they're pulling together all they can to get back into relevancy so what do you do when uh you need to to be relevant? You hire Leslie Jones and Melissa <laughs> McCarthy to head up a ghostbusters <laughs> film
1: yeah. nothing like a forty eight year old uh cinematic debut nothing like yeah. it mm. yeah
2: leslie jones forty
0: eight <laughs> uh, she's so literally much. twice the age of Pete Davidson like more than I, twice uh... the age
2: I watched SNL this week, uh, which I haven't in several weeks, well, months, really, because of how bad it's been this year. And and Richard, I I know you you two both will agree with me. Like we we are hardcore SNLers, and I don't think I've ever just straight you know what I'm just going to delete this without just sight unseen the way I have this yeah. year with with a few of the episodes. But I watched. Uh, the Chris Hemsworth episode this week and it was better like the writing's getting better you can tell that they're they're starting to turn the corner and and we we all we've said many times it will they'll get better it's it's fine this is the way it goes sometimes uh they brought Leslie Jones on for weekend update and it was just an immediate power down like i could not Bring my I I, tur- I had to turn off the whole episode and well, come back a few hours later and start over. Like I just it was so bad. She's so
1: the bad. two guys on there just yes
2: updates terrible and it's, Colin it's killing and the whole show. Michael Che
1: uh, Michael Che might be able to do it individual. I mean he he has some potential. Yeah. But Colin Jost is Jost, Jost is I don't understand. He's got all the tools, but. uh yeah, it's not, it's not there. It's Josh, Hamilton. he
0: wrote some of like some good sketches too. Colin Jost. Uh, I heard Seth Meyers was on Howard Stern a few weeks ago, and yeah. uh, a lot of the sketches he named um, were Colin Jost sketches. So it's like, it's like a weird thing when you try and make somebody something they're not, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that seems to be the case here. But I'll I'll be down with Leslie Jones as soon as she stops doing Tracy Morgan, like. That's that's her bit is I'm female Tracy Morgan and we've seen that style of comedy on SNL and it was fine when it was Tracy Morgan who was the first to do it uh just like we said a few weeks ago or uh when when Michael Che was hired like well as soon as he stops doing a Dave Chappelle impression yeah. he'll he'll be fine and he seems to have started to get his own voice so I'm just waiting for them to stop acting like the SNL people that they came to know and love growing up sure. and start doing their own thing. Like Cecily Strong, that was her main issue with weekend update, was she was just being Tina fey And mm. uh they they got rid of her uh, because of it. So uh, enough snl I'll talk. Let's talk about one more thing and this applies to uh the film we are reviewing tonight, Chappie. Big announcement happened two weeks ago, before Chappie was even released, mind you, that Neil Blomkamp, director and writer of Chappie, will be helming the Alien franchise from here on out. And a lot of this stemmed from some concept art that Blomkamp was posting on his Instagram uh, over the past couple of weeks. uh, After Chappie had finished production and before it came out, uh, he had posted, I guess, scrapped plans for an Alien film. And I, I will admit that the concept art looked pretty cool. But, uh, you know, what concept art doesn't look cool? First of all, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, uh, I feel like a lot of concept art is what how movies get funded. But I, I'm really curious here to see why he is the choice here. Um, why there wasn't a better choice. Why really Scott has chosen to do other things when, uh, you know, we saw in with Prometheus glimpses of what, we a uh, an Alien spinoff could be this point in time, you know. Maybe Ridley Scott's going to do Prometheus two, which is still a prequel, or not technically, but it is a prequel to Alien. Maybe Blomkamp's going to do more sequel type stuff, sure. and so that maybe that's the plan. But uh, Richard, what is your thoughts on now Blomkamp taking over Alien?
1: District Nine. After that, I would have been pumped. Um, after we see last year, I was like, uh oh. But still, maybe just misstep. And now, knowing what I know now, uh, not not super amped. And this is a this is a what people think is an incredibly popcorn silly franchise. But think about the directors that have held this. I mean, you have yeah. James Cameron, Ridley Scott, David Fincher. I mean, these guys have all done a, Alien movies. So it's really uh, it's a directors blockbuster franchise. Yeah. And camped, uh, I'm not sure if he's got the. The goods. I mean, maybe the structure of a studio and an existing universe can, you know, we'll we'll just have to see how the uh, how the alien monster reacts to Johannesburg, Um, because obviously (laughs) we have to shoot it there. But uh, (laughs) but it should be interesting. But I I'm not. I'd say I'm only twenty, and I like alien the alien movies. I'm probably only twenty percent excited.
0: Yeah, Brian. I know you have strong thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, that's about how I feel. It's it's uh, if you would if you would have been named the director of this franchise, just exactly what Richard said. After District Nine, I would have been pumped, and after Elysium, I would have been a little skeptical. After Chappie, I'm I'm fully nervous at this point because Alien and Aliens, <laughs> the third one and the fourth one are not good movies, uh, and that's you know that's pretty well established. I don't feel like I'm breaking news there, but those first two movies are spectacular films and the alien property is a great property and it has so much room for not only growth, but just like you can do so many cool things. Yeah. You can do so many cool things with that, with that franchise. And, uh, I don't want to spoil our chappy thoughts too much, but that makes me, I'm very nervous at this point because I, hmm, I, I want to like Blomkamp. I, I think he's, talented but i at, i'm kind of concerned at this point that we're never going to see that fully fleshed out that he's not going to realize that kind of that talent that he has yeah
0: let's touch more on this in our chappy review so let's Sounds move good. on guys and let's talk chappy i don't want to die i want to live if you want to survive chappy
2: you must fight
0: let me just start up with some Blomkamp camp general thoughts here and just say that I, I hope you're right, Brian. I hope he's a good director. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Uh, but really honestly, nothing he's done has proven that to me. Uh, c- considering, considering that, um, that district nine was half a, a Peter Jackson production and not mm-hmm. to say that Peter Jackson did m- more than just uh consulting work on that film, but that was Neil Blomkamp's first feature length film. And, uh, you know, District 9 originally came out because Camp uh, and Jackson had joined forces to bring the Halo video game series to the big screen. Mm. Uh, eventually that project fell through. They had all this funding already, uh, a lot of it independent funding that Jackson had raised. And he said, you know what? Take some of this. Uh, go make your dream movie on me. Yeah. I'll help you do it. I'll be the executive producer on it. You can put my name on the Daggum poster if you want, uh, just to help it get off the ground because he wasn't a known director at the time. And, um, you know, out comes District 9. It's a Best Picture-nominated film, one of my favorite films of that year, and uh, still holds up pretty well to this day. And uh, brought us Charlto Copley, who we all love. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, guys, Charlto Copley, I was <laughs> watching Chappie. I was like, I cannot believe Charlotte Copley's not in this in this movie because <laughs> he's like his pet cat. Oh, wait, he played Chappie. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> Doing his best Andy Circus.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So I'm not fully convinced that he's a good director. I'm yeah. fully convinced that under the right circumstances with the right people around him, he is a good director. Uh, sure. the, the, the two films uh, following District 9 being Elysium and Chappie were uh, Neil Blomkamp Productions written and directed by Neil Blomkamp and it it just hasn't done much. You know what? I will say that positively that <laughs> that Chappie makes Elysium look like Kubrick. I mean, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. for for this being written and directed by Neil Blomkamp and supposedly a completely original concept and idea, it's the most well, uninspired. Yeah. Sci-fi film I might have ever seen in my life. I mean, everything in this film is just so derivative of everything we've seen. Not even in the past thirty years, in the past yeah. five years.
2: In- I mean, including most of Blomkamp's other stuff, right? Like his and, own stuff. And what? What?
0: You know, you can go back and listen to our full Elysium thoughts in our episode on that movie. But my one of my main complaints with that movie is like, okay, why did why did he uh, finish making District Nine and just said, you know what, guys? Just keep these sets up. Just just don't tear these down. I'm going to be using these later. And it's like he shot every single movie on the exact same backlot set that he has mm-hmm. uh, had. And it they all look the same, and it's just not fresh. It's not original. And uh, They're all
1: leftovers from the Halo movie. And you
0: know what? I, I mean, quite possibly. But why does everybody have to live in abandoned train cars? I just don't <laughs> I know. I
2: no, don't know. Every, every slum. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh.
0: I mean, I've never been to Johannesburg, thank God, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I totally understand auteur cinema and that a director's vision is a director's vision. You know, A lot of these directors you know, that we love and praise, you know, Wes Anderson, for example, they have their own vision. A lot of their films are similar to each other, but even Wes Anderson's films are vastly different in setting and scale and theme. This is just so recycled, such a disappointment. And I haven't even mentioned Diant Word, which is just the vo- it's just the worst decision maybe ever in a science fiction film. I'm not even not even kidding. The, the casting of them two in this film, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish. I mean, <laughs> it's almost as bad as having uh, as remaking Blade Runner and having Sai from Gangham Style stars the lead. <laughs> I mean, it's almost that bad. Die Antwoord was relevant in 2007 because of a stupid YouTube video. I mean, what? Why is he trying to make them actors? And not only that, why is he letting them be Die Antwoord? Why are they wearing their own merch in the movie? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why are they, is, why is his name Africa, Ninja? Man? No. I, I just don't I, – I don't understand – the Dave Any Matthews cameo
1: was also confusing. It
0: was it was quiet, but he's still relevant. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Every but South African I'm, s- I'm so frustrated with Blomkamp at this point. I'm so scared. And you know what? Honestly, he's become the science fiction M Night Shyamalan, but worse yeah. because at least yeah. M Night Shyamalan came out with Unbreakable and Signs, which Signs ha- you know has not aged particularly well, but at the time was a very successful film. Yeah. And, you know, at least Shyamalan had a few good efforts under his belt before he just went yeah. full last airbender, last airbender after earth on us yeah. and the happening and, and all, uh, all the of the above. Was
1: good though. Right.
0: It was great. It was, uh, <laughs> it was great. the trees, but the you trees. know what? It's just, it's just so disappointing. Cause I mean, after seeing district nine, I had the highest hopes and, I have the yeah. lowest of lows right now. So, uh, Richard, go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, this was uh, pretty bad. Um, not to not to spoil too much. Yeah, hold on, just making sure we have uh, we have 2001: uh, A Space Odyssey, right? It does. It we does have, still yeah. exist. It is still yeah. a movie. Yep. It's sh- in short circuits out there still.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is. And you could still like if I wanted to buy uh, a copy of RoboCop, I could do that.
2: Yeah, like mini versions. You could,
1: so yeah. yes. Huh, so then why was this movie big? <laughs> because it's
2: an original, it's
0: original. It's a It's a new, it's new, Richard. It's new. We've never right. seen robots that talk. We've never seen artificial intelligence uh, explored in a film.
2: We've never seen in, in a movie,
0: so. We
1: haven't. Yeah, that
2: part's
0: true. You know what, if this whole thing was a ploy to get Diane Word in a movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. So a few thoughts. Uh, were you guys as surprised to see Hugh Jackman as I was? Because I didn't know he was in this.
0: Yes. One of the biggest mistakes in this film is casting Hugh Jackman and having him be literally the fourth lead in the film. <laughs> literally the fourth.
1: Well, behind... you got to get, get Ninja his screen time.
0: You got to get Ninja and Mama her screen time. <laughs> and Dev Patel can carry a film better than Hugh Jackman. I understand he's the antagonist here, but but... He's freaking Hugh Jackman. You don't that's, – that's a, that's a wrong move. It's a
1: wrong it, – it, it was rough, though, when he, he tried to sing the robot to death. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are a robot. <laughs> that's, our, uh,
0: that's our little Le Mis review because we'll never do an official review of Le Mis. We should
1: have done it all the way. Gosh. We should, should have sang the idea, The yes. entire thing. 45 minutes. Maybe that should happen. I did not care for <laughs> the Speak for yourself. I didn't care for the close-ups. Ah, <laughs> oh. no, it was uh, it was uh, yeah. So Hugh Hugh threw me off. There was a lot of like weird um, phrases in the in the film. So like things that felt like they were placeholders, like scout droids and things like right. really basic science fiction stuff that mm-hmm. uh, I kind of felt was. Like, oh, we'll name that later. And then they just never got around to it. Uh, Dev Patel? Where are we on Dev? Um, <laughs> Academy Award nominee
0: Dev Patel, we should say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because I like Dev Patel. And and maybe he could be decent eventually in the right, you know, obviously he can given the right film, Some Dog yeah, Millionaire, sure. and the right director, and the right script, and everything that requires a good performance. But. Uh, I don't know. This is one of the more cliche roles I've ever seen in a yeah, uh, in a sci fi movie. You're
1: right. I'm probably blaming Dev, and it's probably not. Right. Dev's fine. Dev's good on the newsroom too. So yeah. yeah, this this was just a very two dimension two dimensional movie, and uh, with really, I, I think it took itself seriously. I'm yeah. still not I couldn't, sure. I couldn't tell. You're right. It, yeah, but I kind of think it did, and now I'm, I just don't. Why, why? Who?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's accurate. Yeah, your 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 statement there is pretty accurate. <laughs> that was my feeling. Brian,
1: general yeah. thoughts
0: on Chappie?
2: No, I think you're exactly right, Richard. I think there's a world in which I can understand why some people enjoyed this movie. There's a world in which I could have enjoyed this movie because I like big, dumb, loud, and and fun kind of movies. Um, I always bring up like Battleship, which is a, a bad movie, but I really like Battleship because it it Knows what it is. It's a lot of fun. It's big, dumb, and loud. And it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, Chappie, I think, wants to take itself seriously and then wants the audience not to take it too seriously. And that's a that's a major problem. And that's, that's why I couldn't get past. I could not get on board for it because of how silly and ridiculous it is And yet how uh, profound it desperately wants to be. It wants Mm -hmm. to have, it wants to say something about society. uh, And, and it can't do that because it's protagonist is a robot that is very derivative of every other robot we've ever seen on screen. And it's talking like a baby (laughs) the whole time. And, uh, the dialogue in the movie is brutal. It's just so bad and it doesn't lend itself to any kind. It doesn't lend itself either to fun or to seriousness. And so it's just kind of stuck in the middle. And, and yeah, to your point, Richard, I just found myself over and over asking like, is this supposed to be serious or or am I supposed (laughs) to be laughing with this? I can't, I can't figure it out. And, and I think that's, I think that's what it is. I, I feel like it set out to be serious and and important and profound and have something to say and fit in with this uh, this trend of of sci-fi right now, which, you know, I've said many times on this podcast, we're in a golden age for sci-fi and, and great there's a lot of really good sci-fi voices out there that are making movie who are making movies that are both good and profound and enjoyable. And this so – Chappie so badly wants to be that and it's just – it's not on, on either side of that argument to me. It, you've got to pick a side and uh, either – I don't think this script and this idea could possibly be – I don't think it could be serious and and profound and have something to say. But if you're going to do that, you have to go all out on it and I don't think it ever has any kind of identity Uh Hugh Jackman, you guys are right. Like, they should. It's such a mistake to cast him and pay whatever they paid him to play the fourth role. I thought he was the best part of the movie of because. Of course he is. Well, he's Hugh Jackman, like, yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like about 10 minutes into filming, he was just like, oh, okay, so this is crap. Like, this is a terrible yeah. movie. And I'm just going to play it as silly and ridiculous as I can Wait, this is a robot box though <laughs> yeah uh, so you get it would be a boxing robot. really ridiculous scenes where Hugh Jackman is just sneaking around outside a a, a weird die word compound in like cargo shorts with binoculars and his uh and his ridiculous mullet and he's yeah. just like creeping around and just being super silly with it but but I, I don't know. It was a it was a kind of a throwback to uh, to to like B movie sort of sort of acting. So I thought he was kind of great in it, and the rest of the movie really could burn to the ground, and I would not care at all.
0: Yeah, let's get into some specifics here for Chappie and try to stay out of the spoilers yeah. uh, as much as we can. Just um, so the themes explored is is a hundred percent unoriginal. We, we've we seen films in the past that explore technology uh, and technology's impact on, say, uh, Justice, a.k.a. RoboCop, which has been mentioned. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get there. I really don't think uh, that anytime soon we're going to have robot cops because no scenario that is unimaginable has, that turned out well for anybody. So one of the most derivative scenes – in the film or one of the more unbelievable ones is the entire city of Johannesburg is overrun by robot cops. And the, the human cops are all sitting in the break room eating donuts. Yeah. And the entire city has been overrun as if they didn't know about th- that happening. But he was yeah. the
1: first to make like a cop donut.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was the first to make that, that it's joke. Original that cops like donuts. Scream, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd never thought original. about that before. And, <laughs> And they say, "All human cops to your posts." So they had to physically announce that these cops were humans. That that mm, we're yeah. differentiating between robots and humans now. That you know, we, we we should have had human cops all along, guys. Did you got not? Y'all don't know that. I didn't. I didn't
1: before. It got movie. too racist. Did. They did. Had to get rid of
0: them. Um, but the the scripting is terrible. There's, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> One of the things that stuck out to me, and I wrote this down, was Diane Word. Basically, they play two gangsters. And uh, by the way, they live at a compound that has a full stereo kitchen, everything. It's graffitied with some horrible graffiti that's just the most cartoony, awful-looking stuff with cuss words that, I mean, it looks like a fifth grader went in there and said, okay, guys, go to town. And that's that's basically what they came out with. Um, I mean, the set itself was just so yes. stupid.
2: I hated the set, can't like, awful. I, it was it. That may have driven me crazier than anything else in the movie. Like, I, was I couldn't like, stop staring at the walls of where the compound. The heck, are yeah. they? Like this is insane. It's,
1: it's the, the future as imagined in like a nineteen ninety one music video.
2: Yeah, totally, totally.
1: That's what all of South Africa, I imagine, looks like. That <laughs> the way that so
0: Diet Word basically decides we're going to steal one of these robot cops and make it work for us to commit a heist, okay? To get from point A to point B in that plot can be done a number of ways, a.k.a. them going and stealing one of the robots. (laughs) But they literally say, we need to find the guy who has them and steal it and make it work for us. Like, they literally say that to each other. Instead of literally just going out and doing it, and the audience will know by doing it, that means that they're doing it. Uh, they have to spell things out in this movie, and it just it got so annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, Dev Patel goes to the leader of the uh, robot cop army, who is Sigourney Weaver, who has been typecast in that role yeah. so many times before. Cabin in the Woods, the most recent I can think of, where she's sort of the overseer, voice in the sky, Avatar, another one. And he says to her, uh, I want to make an artificial intelligence, and he says artificial intelligence is a computer that might be smarter than a human. <laughs> as if we yeah, don't know what artificial intelligence
2: artificial is. Intelligence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's a new concept. It's the dumbest thinking. way. Oh. oh, that's okay. I just got it. Yeah,
0: it, I mean, it's it's, it's artificial, but it's intelligent. Do you get it now?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah I, right. I just can't. But believe... not as intelligent as humans.
0: No but it might be smarter than a human. Yeah. I just can't believe that that stuff got past the first draft (sighs) of a screenplay in a major studio
2: environment. I just don't. The whole, uh, this whole movie reeks of somebody who has too much control. Honestly. like, And and we, we kind of touched on it in the alien talk a few minutes ago, but I think if Blomkamp is going to be successful moving forward, I think the way that it's going to happen is for him to be in a franchise, system, uh, with a studio, with an exec producer that has final say over what goes in the movie and what doesn't that somebody looking over his shoulder, the way we kind of think, uh, Peter Jackson was, uh, with, with district nine and saying, dude, this is bad. Like, no, you've got, we've got to fix this. We're going to bring in a script doctor. We're going to, whatever needs to happen. We're going to clean this up because I think he's got, I'll say this for him. I think he has a decent vision as far as like, creating a a world in which this this stuff takes place it's just that he only has one vision it's the same vision that was in district nine that was in Elysium that is in Chappie it's the same place and I think he's got talent I think he's somebody who could get honed in and you could uh, if he's got the right person backing him to kind of teach him how to be an actual filmmaker and a writer uh, as well then I think he could do something great But he's got I don't think he can do this anymore. I don't think he can just take I don't know how much this movie cost me fifty million. So it's not it's not like he spent three hundred million to make this happen. But still he's not somebody I don't think anymore that can take fifty or a hundred million from a studio and just go off and do his own thing. Like that's not he's not capable of doing that at this point and he's got to have the right voice behind him saying no 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 that's terrible like you've got to you've got to address these terrible scripting issues in which dev patel is yelling at freaking dyer atwood atwood like he is a 13 year old talking to his mother like it's so bad and we've got to change this stuff
0: i th- i just think that him putting all three of these films in literally the same setting is just the yep. worst decision that I you totally can make agree. as a science fiction director. I mean, yep. imagine if, imagine if Steven Spielberg had made Jaws, Close Encounters and Raiders of the Lost Ark all at Amity beach. Right. That's basically what he's done here. Uh, no, like think of something I like, put him in it. put it in London, do something. To yeah. differentiate one
2: film from the other, and uh, you know, it's just—I'm sure he feels like he needs to uh, boost the economy and boost the the notoriety of South Africa because that's where he's from. And I totally get that; like, you want to stay close to to what you're to where you're from. I I totally understand that, but especially it especially what with up, sci-fi, City? What <laughs> up, yeah. Walter. Um, especially with sci-fi, like it, it, not all. <laughs> It just all globs together when you do that, when you've got three movies that look remarkably similar and they're all located in the same spot and they've got these same, the same pool of talent that really isn't that great. I like Charlotte Copley quite a bit, but there's there's not a lot of talent to, to be working with here, and especially – especially die artwood which again i had no idea who that was before you guys started talking i can't about believe it. That made it, me hate this movie. i knew who they
0: were beforehand oh man and uh they're just the dumbest thing oh, maybe to ever exist in music let alone the world I, and yeah, I, they're the stars of this movie
2: bad it's ridiculous it's just really bad it's really stinking bad on that front and one of our listeners is a friend of mine from uh, high school, uh, Armando. Shout out to Armando who wrote us a review on iTunes. I didn't have time to dig it up mm-hmm. uh, before the show. We'll read it next week. Uh, he and I were talking on Twitter last night about it, and and he he kind of liked the movie, and he he felt like Blomkamp has like a little bit of uh, Paul Verhoeven in him, and I totally yes. agree. And I hate Paul Verhoeven, so like that works perfectly because it's a that that's kind of the same. It, they do come off the same tree. I think the difference is. Verhoeven was always really good at making it clear that he wasn't taking his movies too seriously. I still don't like pretty much any movie that he that he made, uh, but they at least have a little bit of value as far as sit down on a you know, like a TNT type thing. Yeah. And you can be like, you know what, this is fun, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, it's it's bad, but I think that everyone involved knows that. Blomkamp, I think, is coming so close to veering full over into that, that, that Verhoeven area, and I don't think he knows it. And that's, that's a major problem.
0: Just some of the small sequences in this film really bugged me. And y'all feel free to bring up any uh, particular dislikes. But the sequence where Dev Patel is sequencing the AI, uh, trying to create artificial intelligence... And he walks into his house and he has a robot assistant, which we've never seen in science fiction either.
1: Oh, first time. Coming home
0: having a robot yeah. assistant at your house. Sheesh. And he says, <laughs> Robot, or I don't even know the robot's name, something like Buddy. Buddy, two Red Bulls. Two Red Bulls coming up. <laughs> and he's just pounding Red Bulls, making this, uh, coding this code. And it literally takes him five minutes to create. Artificial intelligence, yeah. which is not uh, unlikely at all. That would never, never happen. But the fact he doesn't only create artificial intelligence, he creates artificial intelligence of an infant baby, too. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, yeah. it's not like he took the program that he created for the cops and ported it over to be more intelligent. He literally created an infant child. yeah And there's even a scene they go as far as to enforce this as if, um, Chappie talking like an infant and playing with infant blocks and stuff in the film wasn't a hint enough. Yeah. Uh, they show him on his computer Googling infant child care. <laughs> you having a baby there, son? Jackman. Uh, no, no. Um,
2: yeah. Also, speaking of that scene, do they not have HR in South Africa? You can just <laughs> yeah. put a gun to someone's head at a desk and then yeah. be like, it's a prank. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess. Is that okay? That's
0: a world I want to live in.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the future. Anything's possible. <laughs> but I mean, it's just its just the most unlikely scenario for AI I've ever seen. And uh, we, should, we should go into spoilers before I get more into the artificial intelligence aspect of it. But oh, it's just so, so lame. And I just can't believe that it got as far as it did. And uh, one more scene I'll mention that I disliked before I let y'all uh, take the floor, <laughs> where where Ninja or Daddy from Dian Word is teaching Chappie how to fire a gun. God, it's just this, st- and he says something like, "I'm gonna turn that robot into the illest gangster on the block," and he's serious, by the way. I think I can't tell if that line was. <laughs> was a real line, or if they were trying to make the audience laugh because there was not one chuckle the entire screening that I sat through from anyone. Man. So uh, you essentially made a uh, science fiction film starring a YouTube spoof band with not one joke in it. So congratulations there. But uh, the scene where they show him how to shoot the gun and they're trying—he's trying to make him shoot it like a gangster and like turn the sun gun sideways—it was just so. Stupid and wasn't funny, and great, it was such a waste. I mean, ugh. but uh, Richard, what did you what's one scene that you like cringed at?
1: I will say that I did, ma- I made it all the way through this for some reason. Wow, wow, yeah, I don't know why. I really
2: didn't think you would. I, I really, yeah,
1: I just had, I think I just f- didn't have as much to do as I do most days, and I was <laughs> like, where else am I gonna go? The whole new Jackman sequence was so out of place, it felt like a separate movie. Yeah. Uh, that whole, his couple, you know, scenes were just kind of weird. Uh, I didn't understand why the one thing was called the moose. That was confusing. Yeah. Right. Uh, these are, so I'm derivative. My, I'm reading my notes right now that I have legal pad here that says moose? Question mark. So obviously right. I was very upset with this at the time.
2: Yeah. I thought that uh, was a really funny, <laughs> the idea that like, here we are when he pitches it to the police chiefs, and they're like, uh, "We've been giving you these robots that are like men, man-sized, and they just patrol and stuff, and they they you know they kind of fit in. What we want you to do instead is spend fifty million dollars on one giant unit mm-hmm. that is literally built for extraterrestrial warfare, basically. Like we could just that, blow that we don't even things. know if we're going to use yet. Yeah, basically. yeah, <laughs> and the and the police. Chief's just like, uh, no. And he's really disappointed about it. Like, we really think that was going to go well? I I mean... I didn't like the
1: convenience of a lot of it, too. That's what I yes. found. I rolled my hell eyes out. Like, you know, how Chappie had the backup file. And yeah. just a bunch of little things that just, like, just so happened to... I don't know. it's just very good Let's get into
0: spoilers now, then. So, spoilers. Okay. Alert. 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 Spoilers. Coming up. <laughs> Coming up Ranger. now for... Uh, spoilers. I am spoiler for district Elysium (laughs) Chappie. Um, I will say spoilery. Um, one of the dumbest, most unbelievable things about the entire robot army scenario is that why would you build a robot army with non replaceable batteries? Does that make any sense to anyone? Mm. Uh, the fact that Chappie's battery was going to die and sorry, Chappie, once your battery runs out, you're dead.
2: I, uh, I think we, hit, I, I think that one and it it took me the second or third time they talked about it to figure it out I think they were saying his was not replaceable because of the damage he sustained like it was melded into you're sure yeah I'm I'm 90 sure like again it caught it took me two or three times on the mention to catch that but I, at one point I think I don't remember which character it was but somebody said something that made me think that it was a result of that. RPG missile that he takes oh, at the beginning. That's like awfully that it's, convenient. Yeah, oh yeah. That he,
0: he's fully functional, definite, minus a begun. your battery can't yeah. be taken out of your right, uh, thing. Right.
2: I mean, it makes it, it, era- it maybe erases your, your point of contention, but adds another. <laughs> I have <laughs> you know, another point
0: but, of contention. Sure. And this is what Richard was referring to when he said the backup file. The fact that Chappie figures out how to backup consciousness, or uh, Dev Patel... Uh, figures out how to back up somebody's soul basically onto a USB hard drive, but that they use the same unit on a human that they use on a robot. Does that make sense? Like how would a, how would a consciousness machine be able to tell the difference between Chappie, the robot or a, a refrigerator, you know, they're both when it comes down to it, they're both made of metal and electronics like what what, what consciousness does any machine possess that is detectable by a helmet that I'm assuming like a brainwave helmet that you could put on your head and uh, detect such things. I just don't, I just didn't understand how they could back up a robot's consciousness and a human's consciousness with essentially the same device. Um, made no logical sense to me as a science fiction nerd. So basically the science in this is all just uh made up and none of it makes sense so he didn't even su- didn't even succeed on bringing us scientific like theories that we could ponder on after the film because they're immediately dismissible within yep. five minutes of seeing on screen like oh nope that would never happen uh, that could never happen and never will and uh what is happening isn't even possible on screen so i i don't i don't understand that 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 really frustrated me more than anything was uh yeah, the transferring of a consciousness of a totally. robot.
2: Yeah, um, the science so. doesn't follow, and yeah. you, you get the you get the right in science fiction to create your own universe and your own rules and all that sort of stuff. And when you don't follow those rules, or when you you cheap out and don't actually give us the rules, and you just say, well, "But he can do this. Don't worry about it." That that drives me. crazy. I mean, and, 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 it's, and it's fully Barbie. dismissible if they say something like. Oh, Chappie, yes.
0: you have a backup memory unit. Yes. I'm going to back as, it up. As that's
2: as handed, easy as it as, is. Yeah, as heavy-handed as this script is and how much stupid exposition there is at random points that, that matters not, they couldn't add that sentence. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's lazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Awful and uh, very derivative and, and obvious too. And by the way, did you notice that not only is this a Sony production, but the uh, convenience of the PS4s All throughout the... uh, Not only were the PS4s the target of the heist, but that Chappie literally saves Dev Patel's life and his mama's life through the power of the PS4. So, I'm buying a PS4. Yeah,
1: Yeah. screw the Apple TV. I'm
2: going there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to buy a Chappie.
0: I thought maybe we could get out of this film... We could get out of a feature-length film starring Diane Ward without... A sequence of them blinging something out, but awesome. no, it happened. They had to bling out Chappie. Uh, they make him look like the illest gangster on the block. Uh, spray paint cool basically, they spray paint their logo on him the DI or the DA Diant word <laughs> logo yeah. on things like, So are you a band? Why were they listening to their own music too? Like uh. in their own house? <laughs> like, just, why, why did camp? What did he say to them? He's like, "Okay, I just want you guys to be Dian Word here." And uh, th- they're like, "Well, why are we living in the slums in this trash heap if we're a successful band?" Don't worry about it. But you're Diant Word, but you're living in a trash heap. So,
2: but was, you owe somebody twenty million dollars. Yeah, but what, hey, hey, why did we? Why did we need subtitles for that guy's speech? I <laughs>
0: <laughs> like yeah. I can
2: understand him better than I could Ninja. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, there was I don't no know. reason for that at all.
0: Uh oh geez. Um but one thing I will reinforce is that uh, I think I think Baumkamp has a good film in him somewhere, some somehow, some way. But sure could you guys imagine if we had if if this was say this time last year and you know Star Wars rumors are coming out and everything and and announcements made. Guys, Neil Baumkamp is gonna direct one of these Star Wars films that's coming out. Uh, imagine yeah. how we would feel right now with that sad reality uh, upon us. Uh, it's almost as bad with the alien news that's been released. But <laughs> imagine if he was helming like a, a franchise that we really like were diehard fans of, you know, at least uh, at least Lucasfilm sought out the, the talent, the the Ryan Johnsons and Gareth Edwards of the world to to helm those. But, yeah. you know, I'm just glad that he still has time to redeem himself before he completely destroys Half of my life, uh, my sci-fi life, at least. But uh, anything else to say about Chappie? Absolutely nothing.
2: I'm out now. Yeah, that's
0: um, all I got. I, I really don't like his vision for the. He needs a change of pace. Um, his, his whole vision is uh, there's no way that, that advanced technology could exists could exist in uh, uh, poverty stricken areas. There's no way that uh, robots could have rust on them. Oh, wait. Yes, they could, because we've seen it in 1977 in Star Wars. So uh, it's been done, uh, Mr. Camp. Uh, Think of something new and get back to me. That's what I had to say. So I'm going to give Chappie, the good old Kent Garrison, F-minus, minus, minus. minus. (laughs) Brian?
2: Yeah, I'm much more stingy with my, my... D and F grades than you guys are. I think uh, I, I won't, I'll only hand out maybe 10 or 12 the whole year. Uh, but this is uh it's better than Jupiter ascending. I'll give oh. it that. Um, yeah, you're probably but, right, but not much. It's, it's a D for me.
1: Okay, Richard. I'm going to go D minus D minus.
0: Cool. Well, like I said, while I'm camp. Next thing we'll see from him is alien. I'm assuming it'll be a sequel to uh, one of the Alien films that has come out, Um, hopefully Alien vs. Predator, but uh, that remains to be seen. So let's move on, guys. Let's hit Recommends.
2: Weekly Recommends.
0: So I'm on my journey of fantastic movies, and I'm working my way through a bunch of Best Picture-nominated films, and I want to bring one to the table this week that is on Netflix, actually. And uh, I got a chance to revisit it uh, this past week on our, during our Snowpocalypse 2015, <laughs> which was glorious by the way. I got a ton of binge-watching done on Snowpocalypse. And Brian, I'll ask you, before I get my film, uh, what did you binge-watch during Snowpocalypse? Because you said you watched uh, a lot of movies.
2: Uh, one of them I'm going to bring up in a minute here. Uh, I, watched, I watched Up in the Air with George Clooney, yeah. uh, which is a fantastic fantastic film hey uh, uh, remember jason reitman
0: yeah i, I know right that's probably cool. the end of
2: his career um
0: he, watched, he, he brought us whiplash though so i'll say that that's for true jason reitman go ahead
2: i watched guardians of the galaxy with my wow. son and i watched oh groundhog day because i boom i don't know why but it just it appealed to me on this day and i Gosh, I love Bill Murray so much, and mm-hmm. so it was great. I will say I used to love a great snowpocalypse or ice day or uh, what have you because it did mean I would just sit and watch movies all day or all week or whatever. But now that I have a kiddo, uh, I watched a lot of Curious George and Phineas and Ferb and stuff like that, so not not quite as you much need, fun. I'm telling we'll you, lie. Ryan,
0: you need to get him into – T M N T two thousand twelve. Yeah, that's show. that's
2: that's coming up. You're
0: gonna you're gonna you said you liked Phineas and Ferb. Just wait till yeah. you see a new T M N T.
2: Phineas and Ferb was supposed to go off Netflix last week and uh-huh. so we were trying to get in as much as we could before it went away and uh and, and it's just continued to hang out. So I don't know if they decided to, to keep it or came to a new deal or what. I can't find any information on that, but um so I've just been like we've been watching that a ton. And just said, well, we'll do this or this whenever that actually goes off. But uh, that I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, Star Wars Clone Wars will probably be the next because that's on Netflix. It's like six seasons. Yeah, it of that. is. Yeah, he loves Star Wars. So anyway, I will sorry, suggest
0: just real quick if you watch Clone Wars, look up online because there's a different order to watch them in chronologically than they appear okay. in the show. So you might want to do that, uh, sure. knowing the Star Wars canon nerds that we are. Yeah. I might. Thought I'd yeah. give you that, but the film i want to recommend this week is uh, directed by William Friedkin, and he's brought us some classic films in the past, such as The Exorcist, and the one I'm gonna recommend this week is The French Connection. Oh, starring uh, American Treasure candidate Gene Hackman nice. and uh, Roy Scheider of Jaws Great fame. Movie. Great movie. Great movie. Absolutely. And uh, it's about two. It's basically a buddy cop drama. And it's about uh, two cops who are in um, the narcotics division in New York, and they basically try to find the connection or the French connection between uh, the drug ring in New York and uh, the French. So, really fun movie, rated R, 1971, and uh, got a chance to watch out this week in Snowpocalypse. Really uh, liked it the second time around, um, yeah. and worth checking out. And it's you know one of the hundred best movies of all time for sure. So. If you haven't seen The French Connection, get on it. Uh, not a long viewing, and it's on Netflix, so you really have no excuse. So get on it. You guys like great, it?
2: Great movie. French I Connection. I do. Is a great. Movie. I love the movie.
1: Cool. It, it influenced so much stuff. I like too. The kind of Bourne style yes. or Bourne copy. Those you know, those stuff, car chases yes. and things like that is is very cool.
0: Well, Brian, what you recommend?
2: Uh, I'm also going to recommend a classic film that I watched over the uh, over the snowcation, snow ice, mageddon whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, two inches of snow and we just totally shut down down here, which is fine. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, we we touched on it a little bit here in in this podcast, so I feel like it's relevant. But I rewatched Alien uh, a couple of days ago with my wife and. I am still just in awe. It's been I watched I rewatched it maybe three years ago because my wife had never seen it and and so I've I've made her watch it and uh after getting out of Chappie and or I think I watched it the day before Chappie, like knowing that I was going to have to go watch Chappie the next day. Uh it yeah. really got me in that kind of I wanna see some good sci-fi place. Uh it shocks me still every time I watch the movie of how great it looks still having been made you know in nineteen seventy nine it still it just looks incredible and uh Ridley Scott at that point was just on fire and it's just doing so much great work and uh there is I'm not sure honestly that there's ever been better creature design than than Alien and and aliens too because H.R. Geiger was just a freaking genius and uh Mm. It's, it's amazing to me still that uh, it looks as good as it does and that it's still just as freaky and scary as it was at that point because that really is closer to a horror movie set in space than it is sci-fi, whereas Aliens I think is the other way around. Uh, but Alien is just – it's it's kind of terrifying and I can only imagine what it must have been like to watch that on a big screen in 1979 or something when you hadn't seen so many other things that have kind of taken off of alien uh, it's, it's just a magnificent film and, and stands out as uh, you know, we talked about blade runner last week as, as being sci-fi royalty. And this is right up there with that as well. I just think it's, it's just a tremendous film. And for whatever reason, like it's one that I don't think a, a lot of people like in the generation below us have seen, I know we have a lot of listeners who are uh, in late high school and and college and stuff like that, and, and there's a good chance that you may have missed this one. So please, please make sure you check out Alien. It's not—I don't think it's on Netflix, which is a real bummer, but it is—it's just such a great movie and uh, definitely deserves your attention. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these recommends, as always, but especially weeks like this when we're recommending kind of classic films. We'd love to hear uh, some feedback from the listener who maybe hasn't seen some of these movies before.
0: Yeah. It's worthy of a throwback episode at some point, and yes. I was wondering, did you do you have the Blu-ray anthology set that uh, was released of
2: Alien or? You know, I don't. I have them all on Blu. I have all of the first three on Blu-ray. I don't own the fourth one. Uh, and it was just one of those classic. Like I bought them on Amazon or something separately, and then the next week the anthology went on sale for less than what you know would have what what it cost me to get them all separately, which was such a beat down i was frustrated with that but yeah one of these days i will find it because everyone it goes on i feel like that's one of the ones that gets on sale like at uh black friday and stuff like that yeah. all the time For i think that's when i cheap. picked
0: it up yeah.
2: yeah i may have to do that at some point because i know it's got a lot of special features and things like that
0: i actually had the i have the blu-ray set and i had it in my left hand and i had the uh i have a martin scorsese little blu-ray package too nice and i was choosing between the two for the snow day And I watched uh, Goodfellas that day, uh, right after The French Connection. And once again, uh, we'll talk Goodfellas some other date. but Goodfellas is just, it might be uh, the top five movies of all time good. I mean, it's just, it's fan-freaking-tastic, and it looks fantastic on Blu-ray as well. And the fact that Dances with Wolves beat it at the Oscars (laughs) is stunning. But I'm glad Joe Pesci has the Oscar to show for it. Because uh, Goodfellas is great. But yeah, I, I almost watched Alien the same day you did. That's that's kind of funny. I had that yeah. kind of urge that day too. Uh, Richard, what would you recommend?
1: Yeah, so uh, I had to work, so I didn't get to watch <laughs> any movies during the snow days. It's the bad part about living five minutes from your office. But uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend – I haven't had a lot of media adjusting this last week, so I'm going to recommend an album – uh, that we watched uh, or that I've been listening to for the last couple months. And Kent, you and I have talked about it a lot, but we haven't recommended it formally on here. Uh, D'Angelo, Black Messiah. Oh yeah. Nice. So great. D'Angelo is an incredible musician and, you know, enjoy the album when it's out because you, there won't be another one for 12 to 15 years. Cause that's kind of seems to be his move between records. Uh, but it's got any record with Pino Palladino on bass is normally pretty awesome. And uh, this, mm. this lives up to that, but the whole, the entire album is great. D'Angelo continues to be one of the best performers of, of our lifetime. So, uh, check that out. And if you haven't, check out, uh, Voodoo and, uh, Brown Sugar as well. I'm bumping Brown Sugar. Like, yeah. By D'Angelo in Los Angeles, like an evangelist.
0: I actually, uh, uh funny, I, I've been listening to Black Messiah like crazy. Yeah. And I, and I, I never really, I mean, I liked D'Angelo when he was doing the whole, uh, untitled how-does-it-feel-naked-in-a-music-video type stuff. You know, I respected him as this R&B artist, but I never really understood or appreciated that he's basically like an indie rocker who does R&B. Like, his stuff is not very radio-friendly at all, but the technical aspect of his music is off the charts good. And it's up there with any, you know, bands that we would go see, Arcade Fire or, or something like that. Absolutely. But, I mean, that... That album Black Messiah is just so it's such a trip and it's uh it's like nothing I've ever heard. And yeah. you know, it uh vinyl was released, I believe, today on Tuesday. So I'm gonna need to pick that one up, ASAP, because it's a it's a must have, a must listen. And if you don't like R and B, then uh you'll you'll probably find something to like with Black Messiah. I'll I'll second that. Good good recommend. Thanks. Uh Richard. Love it. So we've reached the end of the show, and I want to tease next week's episode, which will be, I believe, Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella, unless uh, there's another well, film. I'm pumped for that one. Unless there's another film that, uh, that you guys would rather vote. I, I vote Cinderella for next week, and I think we made a mistake last year by never doing a Maleficent episode because it made like a yeah. billion dollars. So we're making up for that absence this year by uh, bringing you a Cinderella episode next week. So go with your family or go by yourself and see Cinderella uh, this weekend. Well, Brian, we've reached the end of the show, so we where have. can I find you online?
2: You can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 or You can find my writing at CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com.
1: Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden, or you can find me at the all-new, redesigned RichardBarden.com. Kent, where can I find you? Find me at Twitter at Ken
0: Kersen and find me on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com find every episode on there find our donate button on there and once you can donate uh, your chosen given amount to the show to help keep the show going and if you like, if you like what you hear uh, leave us a five star review on iTunes yep. and until next time we'll see you at the cinema goodbye hey
1: baby I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs